You're listening to yet another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. And today, we're talking about a movie that just came out on streaming. Uh, this is The Batman. Um, we've teased about talking about this movie for a bit. Uh, now it's finally time. Another movie with our boy Robert Pattinson. I think this might be our third total movie we've talked about where he's in it. Anyway, I don't know that I need to summarize this movie. Y'all know what it's about. We do, however, have a spoiler warning about halfway through, so if you have not yet seen it, you can safely listen until we say our spoiler warning. In the meantime, how about a little bit of Michael Giacchino, the composer for this movie? Here is Theme from The Batman by Michael Giacchino. back to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out uh, on streaming, because this movie's been out for a little bit now. Uh, we're going to talk about The Batman. And uh, Pierre, did you see The Batman first day or second day? I saw it first... No, wait, I don't remember, honestly. I did, first... It might have been second day, actually. First day is really more of a concept at this point rather than like an actual concrete thing, if you think about it. 
Yeah, like the like the Thursday viewing is like kind of a first day, but then also like I feel like a lot more depending on the movie, like a lot more people will just go on the Friday and that might be more hype too. Um, I always have to think back to our episode with Paolo where like the opening weekend, depending on what weekend it is, can either be three days or four days or five days or in rare cases, six days. And it's like, what is a weekend even? If it's a, if a weekend is a whole week, what's the point of the word? What does it even mean? Right, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's confusing, but I'm sure, I'm sure we'll work our way through it. Like through this mm-hmm. tough time of confusion, um, but yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't believe I saw it on the opening day, and uh, but it was like a pretty, it was a pretty stacked crowd, like a lot. I think this is a movie a lot of people have been looking forward to for a while. Um, I remember yeah. the trailers were like really, or I wouldn't say they were amazing. I think uh, I've, I've seen, I've seen better trailers, but like the, I, I, I think it, the trailers showed a lot of potential. Well, and I think the the best thing the trailers showed off is something we're definitely going to talk about a little bit down the road. Like, the trailers gave us a really, really nice taste of Michael Giacchino's score. And, mm. like, that was a huge part of this movie. Yeah, the score, the the general, I guess, like, cin- like the cinematography and, like, the, the maybe, like, the just the feel of it, you know? Like, you could already feel, like, it's a lot more um, edgy, I guess. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. edgy and dark of a movie at least at least shot wise you know not to spoil either of our opinions here but on a technical level this is an incredibly well-made movie mm-hmm, yeah it uh very i mean like after watching uh i mean this was directed by matt reeves who did the planet of the apes or dawn of the planet of the apes and what was this third one war for the planet of the apes i think did both he of those rise for the planet of the apes no he didn't but I think both of those movies were really, really well. Like the production design and the the shoot style was like amazing, especially considering all the all the creatures were CGI and everything. It, like it looked really flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, even when like comparing it to like modern day like 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 Marvel movies and stuff, the, the like this, I'd say it was even better in those movies just because like it's it was like really hard to tell that like they were animated. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a thing with like um, remakes, reboots, and sequels or whatever. And Planet of the Apes is an existing franchise, but like Planet of the Apes is a franchise from the '50s that has no place being among Marvel movies. And every single one of those movies was a huge event. Yeah, they were they were really great. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not like the biggest like movies ever. Um, no, but, but like, I still they, remember they like. Really- yeah. Oh, really go well. Ahead. I was just gonna say they did really well considering these are like Planet of the Apes movies. <laughs> like, yeah, I was gonna say me and my friends still turned up for them, which like, yeah. you know, it's Marvel movies and Peanuts movies. We don't turn up for anything else, but there's Planet of the Apes, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, like it's it's even more amazing considering I think this was like kind of a joke of a franchise, um, and they could have gone the really corny route, like a lot of I think. Now in the era we are we're in with like comic book movies, a lot of I feel like a lot a lot of it uh, tends to embrace the kind of wackiness of the movies now. Mm-hmm. At least the Marvel side does, um, and the DC side is doing that more and more just to like kind of follow suit. But uh, these movies, like they, 
they took a really silly concept and they made it really serious and interesting and like philosophical. So like, yeah, it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Is, are you talking about planet of the apes still? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, you could also, I was like, you're not wrong about Batman. To, yeah. You could, you could maybe take, I mean, Matt Reeves, I think took that concept or took that ability and applied it to the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, so yeah, it, it's uh, that's why I, that was the biggest reason I was excited for this movie too. I was, I really wanted to see Matt Reeves in a, um, play with a different character set, considering how well he did with you know literally a bunch of monkeys. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or apes. I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah, speaking of which, Andy Serkis, star of all of those movies. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he's he's in this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's really um, cool. So this movie, as you pointed out before we started this, this movie's sort of been in development since the last time Batman was on screen, which was, well, I guess Justice League, but I specifically mean this movie's been in development since Batman v Superman, at least. And like, well, since, well, technically since Ben Affleck was brought on to direct a new, because yeah. part of his deal, I think when he got hired as the, the new Batman actor was, that he would get a new movie trilogy uh, or at least one movie. I think he was, he was intending for a trilogy mm-hmm. uh, where he would, uh, he would produce direct and star and write the next Batman movie. Yeah. Um, and that was also titled the Batman. I think that was actually his title initially. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> so, but then that fell through after I think Batman V Superman and justice league back to back happened and also, I think Ben Affleck was also going through a lot of stuff. Like he got divorced around that time because due to his alcoholism mm-hmm. and that live by night movie bombed. Right. Uh, yeah, it did. Which also came out in 2016. He had a bad 2016. Yeah. Let's just put that. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was not a good year for Ben Affleck. Um, and then he also had to do those Justice League reshoots while he was going through all this stuff, which, which probably wasn't sucks. Because I mean, yeah. we never ended up talking about Justice League on this show yet, but uh, the version of Justice League that released to the theaters is quite bad. Yeah, and um, you know, I don't think Ben Affleck was too happy with that either. So no. I can understand why he wanted to move on. Um, and then they brought Matt Reeves on who was coming fresh off uh, War, War for the Planet of the Apes, I believe, mm-hmm. which was another... Um, I wouldn't say it was as good as... like It obviously wasn't a success, as successful as Dawn for the Planet of the Apes, but I thought it was still a really great movie. Yeah, I think um, it was... It was a little more formulaic than Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, but it was really, really good. I think Dawn, for the Pla- Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is probably the best one of that whole trilogy. So like, oh, for sure, yeah. you know, comparing anything to it is it's not going to be as good. But War yeah. War for the Planet of the Apes was was like almost as good of an ending to that trilogy as you could have asked for. I think the only problem with War, or one of the biggest problems with War, from what I I could tell, is just that it was mis misadvertised. Like mm. it was, I I was expecting like that first. I remember that first scene was amazing where we see that like that fight in the forest between the apes and the humans. And they had this like really cool, like it was like a very star Wars esque like kind of intro with like each section, like they like, they're kind of summarizing the story up until now. And they, it was really cool how they like, they highlighted rise and then dawn. And then this is the war. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I thought that was really cool. But then, like, it became a kind of prison break uh, movie, which felt very, just very confusing, especially given the title. Yeah, so. it it could. I mean, I guess, like, from the title, you would expect it to be the biggest of those three movies, but it was, like, pretty small scale. Yeah, um, which is fair. Like, I, I feel like if they did a full-out war, like, maybe it was a budget thing. Like, they, they couldn't really... Because these aren't like these are these have a lot of budget, right? But these aren't like considering the technology they're using, like it makes sense that they can't use like the most CGI because I think a lot of their budget is just going towards animating or feeding the motion capture mm-hmm. for all the actors. Um, but yeah, I was expecting expecting something bigger, even though it was still like an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyways, the that that was the biggest problem I think. And then, but then Matt Reeves. Signed on for this right after, and uh, that's why I, that was the biggest reason I was so excited for this movie because I didn't really care about uh, Batman that much after Batman v Superman um, mm-hmm. until I saw that. So yeah, uh, yeah, and like um, I know that right when Matt Reeves joined up, he was immediately very open about the fact that he wanted to make a detective first Batman movie. Like he didn't want to make a Batman movie where Batman is just a buff dude who beats up a bunch of guys. Like obviously he is, but also like he wanted to really hone in on the detective stuff, make it more of a mystery, make it a lot. um, You know, obviously it's a huge budget Warner brothers movie, but he wanted to make it sort of like, smaller scale where he's not, you know, fighting Joker for the stakes of, you know, for the whole fate of Gotham. He's like doing detective work because at, you know, there was at least a time when Batman was called the world's greatest detective, which, you know, we'll get into, but. (laughs) Yeah. I, I guess we've never really seen, there was, there was that one scene, I think the dark Knight where, he does a little detective stuff, but um, it was also kind of not really a... It, it was like very fictional detective work, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like very sci-fi. Yeah, the um, the Nolan movies definitely do have Batman <laughs> like go out of his way to actually try and figure out what's going on in certain situations. But in the Nolan Batman movies, it is still... Batman is more punch first, ask questions later, for the most part. Yeah, and he's not that... I mean, he's smart. I mean, apparently he's smart, but we don't really see it as much. Um, we mostly see him rely on his, like, like Lucius Fox and it's like, actually, Alfred to, like, figure yeah. out, like, specific things. It's actually kind of weird because, like, there's there's a comparison to be drawn there between, like, how Spider-Man is depicted in the first Spider-Man movies by Sam Raimi and then in The mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man. Because, like, mm-hmm. I remember one thing that people really did praise The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2 for is you get to see Andrew Garfield trying to, at least trying to be smart. Like, mm, yeah. he goes out <laughs> of his way to develop... Uh, like the web shooters and he does tiny bits of science. He gets an internship and like in the Sam Raimi movies, you never see Peter Parker actually use his degree at all. Like the closest we get is in Spider-Man two where he's failing all of his classes. (laughs) Yeah. I never, I actually never thought of that. Like him being like a science nerd never really affected the fights in any way. Well, not, not only not only the fights, but it never really affected his personality because in the in the Sam Raimi movies, 
he just doesn't he's he's just barely a science nerd at all he's just an outcast nerd like he's yeah, he's just not a cool. social outcast yeah yeah um yeah i never damn that that's actually cool um but, you know that's a good point i, I think they the spider-man movie and it's, the spider-man movies now kind of do the same thing even though it doesn't feel as good because he has like Stark stuff, but anyways, this, this isn't about Spider Man. No, no, no. We'll, about, we'll talk about, about Spider Man again in a couple of years. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Do Do we want to talk about like what this movie is about? Yeah. Um, so, um, the Batman is a detective movie, and it's sort of. It's a movie. Um. Everyone knows who Batman is, so you know this is this is a Batman movie. And it starts off with um, the Riddler uh, going on a bit of a crime spree and leaving behind like a bunch of uh, every time he kills someone, he leaves behind a riddle. That's why he's the Riddler. Like this is a, this is a world that doesn't have the Riddler yet. So like he this is, you know, first first crimes of the Riddler, basically. And um all of his uh, little, all his little riddles that are left behind are addressed to the Batman. So mm-hmm. that's what brings Batman into this case, and he's basically just got to figure out who the Riddler is, and also what it is that the Riddler is trying to achieve. Because the Riddler may be um, is is trying to like himself uncover some big conspiracy that like may or may not be a huge police cover-up. Um, I don't know. I, I'm i probably missing a lot there, but basically this is just like a fairly small mystery where Batman is trying to figure out who the villain is, but also figure out what his goal is because I guess the villain might have a point or something. Did I summarize that even a little bit? I feel like I was just completely incoherent there. No, that... that made sense it's a very big movie so like there's a lot of moving parts here i think it's hard to like concisely explain but mm-hmm. um yeah you, you kind of got the gist of it um so jeff what did you think of this movie though um i really liked it i thought it was a bit long other than that i That's really fair. liked it yeah yeah um i mean it's it's tough to be a three-hour movie and not feel long um very few movies can do that but yeah, I get what you mean. I think the by the third act, it was it was getting a little tiring. Um, but um, it's weird because I, I did think it was paced fine. Like when I watched it in theaters, I didn't have a problem with the length at all. But I watched it again <laughs> afterwards, and I watched it again afterwards on Crave, and um, it you I just really felt the length. So like it's sort of a weird one where. I can't watch it over and over again and never feel the length on it. But at the same time, like, um, I do think that it used that three hours. Okay. If I don't know specifically what I would have cut, but like, on the other hand, like it probably could have been cut a bit because I don't think it needed to be three hours, but I didn't hate it when I watched it in theaters. Yeah. I, I think there's some things like personally, like I think the Catwoman um, character felt didn't really feel that important. 
Like I know, I know she was technically integral to the plot itself. Um, but like, I think you could have taken her out and just replaced and like just taken those elements out of the plot. Cause I feel like the character itself wasn't that necessary. I, if that makes sense. I don't know if I fully agree because while I don't think she was necessary to every part of the movie, like she didn't need to be, I don't know if this makes sense, but she didn't need to be Catwoman in this movie. Like she didn't need to be a second main character. However, yeah. she did really move the plot forward. Cause there's a lot of times when like, um, you know, in order to advance the mystery, basically, Batman has to interrogate Mafia and, like, he won't go there, but he'll, like, use Catwoman to go there. And later on, like, Catwoman will act where Batman won't. And so I feel like her mm. being there sort of... If if you were to get Catwoman... If you were to take Catwoman out of this movie, then the Batman... At, his character in this movie would have to pretty heavily like change from who he normally is at key scenes in order for this movie to still work. Just because like in this movie, Batman is actually a fairly passive character where Catwoman is a really active character. Uh, passive in like what way? Like, he, like he's not going to barge into the club and like, he's not like the, like, like you, Bat, Batman is constantly gathering evidence and, like, trying to put together a case. But, oh, like, Catwoman will straight up just barge... Yeah, like you said, barge into the club and look and, like, go to the bad guys. where and Which makes Batman need to stop her or at least need to, like, be on her level in order to advance the plot. Yeah. Well, I guess it, it was cool to see kind of the more of a separation in what the characters are good at like i guess um if you compared it to the dark knight rises catwoman i think like her skills were never really shown to be that important if that makes sense mm-hmm. um whereas in this movie like uh bruce bruce the type of especially with the way they wrote bruce uh in the movie um you couldn't have like you couldn't have him do a lot of the things Catwoman is doing in this movie because mm-hmm. they're very different people. They have a very different skill set. Yeah. Um, but that's why like they're both useful towards each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did like that. Um, but yeah, like I, I just that that was like a whole kind of separate plot unto itself that I, I feel like I didn't feel like there was much resolution with the characters, if that makes sense. Like how do you mean? They, well, like, I, because I, I feel like they were kind of going for a, oh, does Bruce want to be, especially with like Catwoman plot lines, like, um, like does Bruce want to be Batman? Like, does he want to fall in love with someone but he can't because he's Batman or whatever? Mm-hmm. But like, I never really felt much chemistry between them. Yeah, um, I've so a friend of mine, his only (laughs) big complaint about this movie is that the romance didn't seem like good. Like it just wasn't a good romance. And I've always thought that was such a weird complaint about this movie because, uh, I never see, I never saw Catman, Catwoman and Batman in this movie as romantic in any way at all. Like Catwoman is introduced to us going like, 
living with another woman and <coughs> trying to track down who is in someone who is in all but like label her girlfriend. And Batman is introduced to us as someone who is like not even interested in romance at all. So it's weird to me to hear like about the chemistry between those two, because uh, like, I agree the chemistry isn't fantastic between them, but I really don't think it has to be because it's not a romantic subplot the way that I've always seen it. Well, well, don't they make out in one of the scenes? I mean, they might, but like the fact that two people make out doesn't make it a romantic subplot in no, my that's mind. True. It just it felt like because especially, oh, okay, I guess that's a spoiler. Are we talking spoilers? Uh, let's let's save it for let's just a little bit. Now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but like, I, I guess even in terms of like, if you have a character, because he for most of the movie, he mostly just he's the one that interacts. He mostly interacts with Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Right, he interacts with a lot of other characters, but it's as like the Batman, like it's different. Like he's yeah. the only Catwoman's the only like friend he has, especially because Alfred had a very small role in this movie, actually, which yeah. I was disappointed by. Um, but like it, it didn't. If even if it's just like as a friend or as an ally, I think you still need like chemistry between leads to make it For- work. If that makes sense. True. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really feel that. Like it, it could have been more of like a buddy cop vibe. I didn't really feel that either. It was. Mm-hmm. It was very. But it, it, like I think that's partly how uh, Robert Pattinson was playing Bruce. Like it was just a very uncharismatic Bruce. Like kind of like you can tell this guy has had his life torn apart. Um, and we we don't get any of that other side of you know because in like a lot of other interpretations of Bruce Wayne, we have him as the Batman. And then we just contrasted very highly with Bruce Wayne, who is a socialite, very mm-hmm. charismatic, very friendly, very bright. Um, but in this movie, when we see him outside of the suit, he's mostly acting the same. Yeah. Um, he hasn't found that separation yet. It's very it's very emo Bruce Wayne. Like yeah. More, more um, so than any other Bruce Wayne I've seen. Yeah. Very, very hot topic Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to say, just like before we move on to other parts of the movies, uh, other parts of the movie, I thought the characters in this were, for the most part, really well done. Like, there's definitely room to improve in in future movies, but like, mm. I think the characters in this movie are really well done. Um, it's like a a big character movie. I think that like Robert Pattinson, Jeffrey Wright, uh, Paul Dano, and Zoe Kravitz as respectively Batman, Jim Gordon, the Riddler and um, Catwoman are really, really good. I think they all play that role really well. Um, uh, As well as John Turturro plays Carmine Falcone and like straight up for the longest time. I was like, is that, is that Adam Sandler? Cause he looked so much like Adam Sandler in uncut (laughs) gems. Um, And then Colin Farrell's penguin might actually be the standout. Like, I think this is a big character movie. All the characters are really well done. I think Robert Pattinson and Jeffrey Wright have, like, a lot of chemistry, um, specifically those two. Um, But, like, as I'm talking about those characters, I think they're all individually really well done. I think that not Zoe Kravitz, but Catwoman is kind of the weak link because Zoe Kravitz plays the Catwoman that we have here really well, but Catwoman is also super standoffish in this movie, 
which isn't necessarily a problem, except that it has as a result that she has no chemistry with anyone, which mm. I don't think necessarily is Zoe Kravitz's fault. I think it's the writing of Catwoman that like she's specifically written to not enjoy being around any person in this movie. Well, I think that's just everyone. Like everyone in this movie doesn't like people. Like, like yeah. the act, like the characters. Which, the like, only re- which, like Robert Pattinson gets a pass here because Batman, as the titular Batman, literally has to interact with everybody. So, like, ultimately, he's gonna end up having chemistry with someone, or this movie is gonna be completely unwatchable. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly, it might be a Zoe Kravitz. Okay, okay I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen her in a role where I've actually like liked her. I don't know like, if I've ever seen her in a role. I I can't think. I'm tr- I'm looking through her to her filmography right now. I kind of liked her in Mad Max, but that was an amazing movie, and like literally, they brought a, an amazing performance out of everyone. Oh yeah. Um, and like she wasn't even like amazing in that. She was just like, hey, like I remember her. Um, mm-hmm. she, she was interesting she knew how to uh, load ammo i remember that was like her <laughs> that was like what made her character kind of interesting um so i liked her in that but like other than that like like i'm trying to think like fantastic beast she was like a very big like charisma black hole in that one i think especially given that she was supposed to be like the love interest like oh yeah <clears throat> she was in that movie see like <laughs> that's what i mean so um, and I'm looking at, like, I'm guessing, I don't think anyone was good in the Divergent series. Um, no. Or, like, she was an X-Men first class. I don't really l- remember liking her in that either. Okay, uh, as much as I, I am extremely generous towards <laughs> actors. Like, I never want to blame them for anything. But it's totally possible it is Zoe Kravitz here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, but, like, I, I wouldn't say she was bad or anything. I just didn't feel much coming from her uh i did think that she played catwoman the way that she was intending to yeah i don't know if that makes sense but like i think she did her job she did like she she was she did like deliver on that role i don't Mm. think i don't think that role was written in a way where it interacts with other roles well with other characters well and like if there was a way that she could have if there was something she could have brought to that role to make it so that she was actually enjoyable to see on screen uh, when she's interacting with other characters. I don't know that she did that. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I really like Jeffrey Wright, though. I thought him and yes. Batman actually had like a... They had almost had kind of a buddy cop uh, chemistry going on. Uh, exactly, and it worked really yeah. well. I thought, I thought it was great. But I mean, it's Jeffrey Wright. I like him in like literally everything. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright in, was so. incredible in this and has... A, tendency to be incredible he's great yeah and maybe like my most i think this might be my most personal favorite interpretation of of uh jim gordon in the movie so far just just in terms of his compatibility because it really felt like him and batman were like kind of both rookies that didn't know what the hell was going on yeah um and they were just trying their best to do it together uh whereas like in, in the past i feel like their relationship was much more quickly established but this one is just like they have like rocky points we're not sure if they really trust each other but they mm-hmm. do you know so that was cool um who was the last one? Oh, uh the riddler i didn't like the riddler i'm gonna be honest no i, I thought <clears throat> the character showed a lot of potential 
Um, I just, I, I think it really fell flat in the end. Um, and his plot was very contrived. I mean, I guess that's more of a plot thing. I love Paul Dano as the Riddler. I just mm-hmm. wish we had a lot more screen time with him and more potential for him to be, uh, I guess, shown off, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think with the... I mean, I think about like, his plot being super contrived. I think that's just like a Batman thing. Like, any Batman villain... Batman villains literally just build Rube Goldberg machines. That's just what they do. <laughs> yeah. So, like, well, okay. Well, I, I guess I can't really say much about the plot until later, but um, I guess we're focusing on performances. Um, I did like his performance. I do like Paul Dano. I think he's a great actor. Yeah, I think I think I definitely can agree that Lee that he um, that he didn't uh, he didn't get quite enough time because. I don't know when he was Paul Dano, Dano without the without the mask. I mostly really liked him, like specifically in his videos and stuff where he well, actually with the mask, but in his videos where he was like not just doing like a curated thing where he was like, hey, guys, and he was doing his YouTube channel and stuff. I thought that was awesome. But like the scene where we uh, the scene where Batman actually like interviews actual Paul Dano. I thought was kind of silly. I think like, I don't know. Most of Batman's rogues gallery is just like insane people. And I get it. But like, I think that Paul Dano might've leaned too much into the, the Riddler is mentally ill bit because like the Riddler is super smart and has like, he's got this whole plan. But when he was talking to Batman, he did like, I don't know. He felt like he was fake autistic, if that makes sense. Not like Mm. he was trying to play an autist, but more like he was trying to play someone pretending to be an autist, which was like, I don't know. This just feels weird. He was like, this, this is what they would. Yeah. It's like, this is what they would. This is my interpretation of autism or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I don't uh, think the Riddler was written as an autistic character in this. I just (laughs) feel like Paul Dano was like, that's what smart that's what like extremely smart, but also mentally ill people are like. Mm. So I'm going to play an extremely smart, mentally ill person. And well, I, didn't, I didn't love it. It felt very similar to, uh, I mean, it was hard for me not to compare this role to his one in prisoners. Um, mm. where I think he almost kind of played a, a very similar character in terms of, you know, it's a murderer who, uh, is also extremely like mentally ill in, in terms of like, they're basically like a child. Um, <clears throat> so like, I, I, I can see why they hired him actually, but like, um, I, I do see what you mean though. I felt a little too silly at the end, especially, oh, okay. See, there's another thing that I want to talk about, but it's like a spoiler. So. All right. We're about to get can. into spoilers. Hold off for like three minutes. We'll, okay, we'll get there. Okay. Um, but, uh, okay. What, what, what are, what's one other thing I wanted to, okay. I think like without spoilers i think the biggest thing that this movie lacked was also like big set pieces i think that's why it affected the pacing a lot um i don't know if it was because of covid or not but like when i think of this movie i can't think of like any huge like set pieces that really excited me that i want to see again like there's a Mm. chase scene in this movie i thought it was a cool chase scene but this wasn't really anything 
that I like. Like it wasn't that entertaining, if that makes sense. There was there's no real fight scenes that I can think of that I really liked. Um, like there's like good choreography throughout the movie, but I'm never. There's no like oh Batman versus like Bane or something like that or like. It's just mostly like it, it's. Well, I guess what they did is it, it feels very much like they took it. This is a a thriller noir movie they take they strip back a lot of the comic book elements from this movie um which was kind of confusing too because it felt like a more comic book interpretation of the batman while also feeling way more realistic at the same time i definitely i definitely felt this as a very comic book batman like oh go ahead oh like well just tell me like in what ways well, because, like, this, um, I don't, I don't know exactly how to say it. It's like, with Christopher Nolan movies, for example, like, that felt like a really, Batman is in the real world, Gotham is a real place. And, like, as, at, those movies got kind of silly at points. Like, Joker blows up a whole hospital, um, Rachel Ghoul. Liam Neeson lives literally forever. He's an Irish man who's actually like a <laughs> who's actually like an Asian immortal. It's like okay, sure. Like those movies did get silly, but those felt way more grounded. Where this movie, I, I'm not going to say this movie didn't feel grounded, but it also felt like it felt like Gotham is a fictional place, but we're going to treat it as its own character with its own people that live in there and that have their own like things going on. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I read Batman comics, like in that comic, Gotham is a real, like Gotham is a city that has its own whole cast of characters, all of which have their own lives going on. And this felt like you were being dropped into that comic and like, uh, you know, there's all of these different things going on, but it never felt like this, like Gotham is a real city. Gotham doesn't exist in our world. It's just that in its world, there's a lot going on. And so Mm. it didn't use the absurdity of comic books the way that like a Marvel movie would, but it did feel very much like um, this is its own world in the same way as like a comic book would, if Mm. that makes sense. I get it. Yeah, the I well, that's what I like. So like we we have like a world and tone that's much more in line with the Batman in the comics. Yeah, that's from what I can tell. But then like a lot of like the I guess the interpretations of the characters and like the powers and stuff is very realistic. Like we don't have the Penguin with like an umbrella or something. He's just like a, a random crime boss that kind of looks ugly. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's not. There's nothing about him really screams the Penguin. Mm-hmm. Um, the Riddler, like, I guess he does the riddles like that. That was actually pretty cool, but there wasn't like the Riddler. They turned him rather than like kind of him at being like a criminal mastermind. He's just some guy on like 4chan who's like, like he's, he's I guess he's like the realistic, like criminal of today, if that makes sense. I did think um, that was a really cool take on the Riddler. Like just he's he's just a dude with a YouTube channel, but like a dark web YouTube channel. It was interesting, but like I don't know if it worked. But we'll see what I mean though. Like they're 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 stripping back they're still at the same time they're stripping back a lot of elements 
um, and making it much more grounded, if that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, like, it, it was very... The same thing with the Batman, like, his powers where, like, he doesn't have the flying cape. He doesn't really have the, like, the grappling hook or anything either. He just kind of... He's a guy that kind of goes around and fights people. Yeah. And he has a car. <laughs> I can't yeah. I can't think of any other, like, powers, like, your gadgets that he has um, that he uses in the movie. Um so yeah, it's like it's very interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. I really wish for me, I kinda wish they just went for a more straight up comic book, like ground grounded gritty like comic book interpretation, if that makes sense. I mean um, honestly, but this is something my, different, so Yeah. I think like what I would really love to see in a sequel, because as we're recording this, they have just greenlit a sequel, which was obviously gonna happen, but now it is like confirmed. Mm. Um what I would really like to see in a sequel is Matt Reeves challenge himself with one of the more wacky villains. Mm. Like Batman has a lot of villains that are just stupid. And like, it would be really fun. It would be really cool to see one of those in this world, because I think that that is, that is not necessarily what this movie specifically was missing, but like Batman is a very silly concept. And like, it's a silly comic with silly nonsense in it. And like, <laughs> well, while Batman movies don't have to be super silly. And I think it's nice that we do have a potential silly Batman franchise and like the Lego Batman movies, which I still think are incredible or the first one I think is like really good. Um, I think it would be interesting to see. I think it would be a nice thing to see like Matt Reeves challenge himself with someone like Clayface which is now the second time I've brought up Clayface in this podcast, but, like, I gotta see a Clayface movie. Clayface would actually be cool. I just, in this world that he set up, I don't see it being a possibility yet, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying, is, like, you know, let's let's stretch the limits of this world. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think a part of me is just kind of sad that we never saw. I, I, like, honestly, I thought everything about the tone of Ben Affleck's Batman was actually really cool. Like mm-hmm. the comic book, the comic book and gritty balance of it, I think was like awesome. It's just, you know, Ben Affleck was too old, I think to really. Yeah. But that's definitely, that a, but that's definitely a Batman who could have faced off against like Rachel Ghoul or the specter or something. Exactly. And like he yeah. had a Robin and stuff like it's, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sad we never got that. But so I, if, I think if we had that interpretation completely realized and then we got this, this would have felt very much more fresh. Yeah. But coming off of like kind of Nolan's Batman, which was already veering towards trying to be more realistic. Um, and then you have this one, which is even more and more realistic in some ways. Like a part of me is just like, I want to have fun with Batman again. But anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean... <clears throat> To some degree, that's kind of why I hope that the Lego Batman movie, like that they do a sequel to that, because I love the fact that the Lego Batman movie just went completely wild with it. Like they had Condiment King in the Lego Mm -hmm. Batman movie. He wasn't there for very long, but he was there in enough of a role that he wasn't just a cameo either. And like, I would love to see, you know, another Lego Batman movie just go wild. Because yeah. that's that's where Warner Brothers is definitely willing to just like <laughs> let people do silly Batman, where in live action 
it looks like what uh, what what the audiences what audiences and what Warner Brothers want in general seems to be a more gritty Batman, and I don't mm. have a problem with that. It's just that if it's just that there's got to be room for both. We got to have both. Yeah, I I I was I really hope I did really like the Lego Batman movie. Um, I really I doubt we'll get another one, but I, I hope it happens. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, do you want to so, get into this? Oh, sorry, we're going to... Oh, no, I wasn't going to say anything else. I was just going to say, we're now 40 minutes into the podcast. I think this is the time when we have to go spoilers. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'll just say before spoilers that it's a good it's a good movie. Um, yeah, I would also say um, um, I would it's, watch probably, it. it's probably too late to recommend this specifically. But if you are able to see this in a theater, like if you have a local theater near you that's doing you know, third run Batman or that you can convince to just run the Batman, I think it's worth it in theaters. If you have to see it on a TV, it's still good. I still recommend it. But this is definitely a theater movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Cool. All right. So uh, three, two, one, spoilers. Give away the biggest spoiler you can right now just as a punishment for everybody who's still listening that didn't Uh, want spoilers. The Joker's in this movie? God damn it, Pierre! You can't just say that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I didn't. I didn't know Joker was off limits. That's my no, bad. no. Like that. I. I don't know. I think like it didn't make me like viscerally angry that the Joker was in this movie, but I remember seeing that at the end, and I'm like, why? I What's hated the it point? so much. It was so bad. And you would think usually like maybe it's just Jared Leto's Joker like just like ruined the Joker like for me. Um, but I was like, this was a scene that was supposed to make you excited about the next movie. I think this made me less excited about the next movie. I do not want to see this Joker at all. I definitely have zero interest in seeing, in seeing Joker be in the Batman sequel, at Mm. least as the main villain. Like if the main villain of the Batman sequel is Joker, I'll still watch it. But like, (laughs) it's, it's it's so annoying. Like, I, I just want, I want Batman movies to, like, focus on other Batman characters. It's, it's like, we have, how many Jokers do we have? There's um, the guy who played him in, Adam, in the Adam West uh, Batman. Then we have um, Jack Nicholson. Then there's Mark Hamill. Then there's um, Heath Ledger. And then we got Jared Leto, and then we got Joaquin Phoenix. We've had at least six Jokers, seven Jokers now with this one, because Barry Keoghan. And, like, that's seven Jokers. I'm willing to accept seven Batman, I guess. But, like, I don't... I, the, Batman has more villains than just Joker. That's why we need to see something like a Clayface, or a Poison Ivy, or another Bane, even. I know. Or, like, yeah. yeah. Or, you know... <laughs> None of those, too. We could do something completely different. Like, how about Copperhead or Firefly? Well, Firefly is going to be in the Batgirl movie. But, like, you know, if that Batman ever comes has... Out. It, it should. It should come out. I think it's mostly done. Oh, wow. Oh, it was shooting? I, I'm pretty sure it's done shooting. Or oh, at wow. the very least, it is shooting. Yeah. Yeah, because Brendan Fraser is playing Firefly. Mm. Maybe oh. next year we should, like, just talk about Brendan Fraser a lot. He's going to be in a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. 
Um, but yeah, there's so many Batman villains, and like every time it's just the Joker, and the Joker is always some stupid, edgy teenager. And like I've seen that so many times, I'm not interested. Just something else, please. Yeah, that's fair. I um, I'm, I was really tired of the bat. Like I, the movie was already so long too. Like why? Like that scene could have easily been cut. It added nothing. The joke, the line the Joker says is terrible. I don't remember the joke, but it was probably the worst thing I've ever heard come out of any. And like this was worse than anything Jared Leto's Joker has said. And this guy said like "coochie mama" or something like that. <laughs> like, like it was really bad. Um, so yeah, that that was really like I was liking. I was like, okay, this movie was good. And then that happened, and I, I feel like that brought it down like 0.5 of a score in my eyes. Like Damn. it was, it really, it really affected because you can't. It's just the ending matters a lot. Yeah, and you can't like you leave a sour taste in my mouth like that. Um, Speaking yeah. of the ending mattering a lot, I don't think this movie sticks the landing. Like it oh, gets yeah. so close, but like the ending just goes on for too long, and most of it is bad. Like so, at the very end of this movie. The Riddler basically wins and sink and sinks all of Gotham. Like all of Gotham is now basically underwater, mm-hmm. which is crazy shit. And like as that happens, like after the whole event, we see Batman like on uh on the top of a building helping people out, and just around him everything is flooded. And I'm like, holy shit, incredible. And, like, if you end the movie right there, great ending. But it continues on to Batman and Catwoman get a little bit of an epilogue, and then they go on their motorcycles into the sunset or something, and there's the Riddler thing at the end, and it just kind of goes on a little too long at the end. And it's not Mm. like... The ending's only probably five or ten minutes, but, like, if it was two minutes, it would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah, they they really well. I mean, okay, for me, I'm gonna be honest. I think the the second the second act was far too long. I think that was part of why the pacing was rough. The whole, I think it was kind of clever with, with like how they were like the bird with wings thing, the flightless <laughs> bird with wings thing was like kind of like wow how it was kind of stupid but also kind of clever. It's like because it's like oh how many characters in this in this uh in this movie have have their names similar to birds with wings or rodents with wings or something i can't remember yeah i was watching this with my buddy and like the moment they said a rat with wings me and him turned to each other and were like a bat and it took them (laughs) 30 minutes to get to the to even consider the possibility (laughs) that it could be a bat it's like a rat with wings that's a pigeon a rat with wings that's a stool pigeon a rat with wings that could be a falcon it's like it's a bat it's a bat, guys. The falcon. It, it's a penguin. Like, I don't know. It was just like kind of. It was a little because that is the entire second act too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Right? And that's the detective part. Um. So like, it was like kind of clever, but it also felt like a gimmick that lasted way too long. Um. Mm-hmm. And I w- I wanted like more like actual detective work. Like I wanted like fingerprints and interviewing and I don't know. So. Yeah, actually, I gotta say, um, this movie. We got uh, we got the Batman doing detective work, but what I thought was 
maybe kind of cool in this, but also like a little misleading. He's a very bad detective in this. He's not very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially considering, I don't know, I thought it was kind of funny that the whole time the Riddler was just living in the apartment across from the Iceberg Club. Um, like, obviously, it's like supposed to be a twist or whatever. I, I didn't think it was that. Like, I thought it was a little weird. Um, but yeah, anyways, like, I, I think there was kind of some wasted potential there. And if they wanted to do that, like, I thought the rat with wings thing was cool if it was, like, one riddle of many. But it was yeah. one riddle that he couldn't figure out for, like, an hour. I didn't like it that much. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that was problematic. And I think the entire third act with the Riddler um, was honestly just kind of straight up bad in some ways. Like, the the Riddler's plot was to commit a mass shooting after getting a lot of people stuck inside the the stadium, I think, yeah. where mayor, the one of the the mayor elect was giving her speech, mm-hmm. or one of the mayoral candidates, the mayor um, elect at that point. Okay, um, but then so you have all these guys, especially because they were very easy to see. But you have a lot of these Riddler henchmen who are hired on like 4chan or whatever to like, to like go on top of this building for the mayor elect who you would assume have a, would have a lot of security or at least people looking up to see like, cause they were even visible. Like you could see them from the bottom, the Riddler people mm-hmm. standing there and then they shoot one person and it was the mayor and she doesn't die and that's it. And then they get the shit kicked out of them by Batman. And it was like, what, what was the, was this his grand plan? Like this, this was, this was all leading to like, one person kind of getting shot and getting away with it. Like it just very like, this is, this was the criminal masterminds plan the whole time. Like if he wanted to kill the mayor, I'm sure he could have found another way to kill the mayor. Well, no, because like, Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say same thing with like Falcone, Falcone, like you, he was just waiting for Falcone to, to leave the iceberg lounge. Like I'm sure he's left it at different times. He could have been shot. Like it felt way more contrived to set up a riddle system to get the Batman to bring him out at the right time in the right place to get him shot by the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Riddler can sneak into the one of the mayor guys, like the one of the guys running for mayor's like house and kill him. He can sneak in and, and kill another mob boss. Um or not mob boss, but I think it was a councilman or something. He killed. Why two can't he kill officers. Oh no, the district attorney and the police chief. Yeah, so it's like, why? Why is Falcone such a big deal here? I don't get it. Um, but yeah, anyways, that that was like my main problem with mm. it. The the plot felt very contrived for no reason, and I wish it was leading to something more. I guess interesting and relevant to the themes of the movie, if that makes sense. I think, like, the very ending to me was interesting. It just wasn't executed as well as maybe it could have been because I thought it was kind of cool that, to me, what I understood his plan as, at least at the end, was that he wanted to basically flood all of Gotham um, and the way that Gotham would flood would, like, specifically move everybody to the middle. And so basically what he's doing as shitty as this sounds, 
is he's killing basically all the poor people on the outskirts first. And then the flood like brings everyone who can actually afford it. And who's, I guess, quote unquote, worth saving, not by him, but like by society to the middle. And then once we've brought all of the rich people and like, um, the mayor, the mayor elect and everyone else into that one spot, that's where you kill all of them. And so like, I think that was his plan was sort of to do that. And well, like by doing that, he would sort of like, I guess, shine a light on the hypocrisy of Gotham and be like, Oh, (laughs) Oh, Oh, the, 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 um, the higher classes are more worth saving. And uh, then, you know, you kill all the high class people in Gotham. It, it's still contrived. And I think that the movie had the bones of an interesting bad guy plot there. But like, I just don't know if they knew how to execute on it because at no point was I like, oh, the Riddler's right. And I don't think anybody watching this movie would have been like, oh, the Riddler is right. And I think if it was a better executed plan in the show or in the movie, then, you know, in an ideal world, I guess, if you're actually making the Riddler some kind of social commentary, then by the end of the movie, you should be like, but was he right though? And like, at no point was I ever like that. He was just an insane yeah. person in this movie. Was just, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, even like, I, okay. It's just like, yeah. The, the, and I, I never really found how the flood really like the Riddler's like general goals were just really like, he doesn't like corruption or something like that. But then sure. like, how does, how does this flood fix it? Like it's supposed to just kill a yeah. lot of people, I guess. Like it didn't really make sense to me. Like at least like, like like the like if we have like for example if we're taking like the Joker plots from many different movies like it's chaos for chaos sake but also like it kind of makes sense, yeah, um, because that's the way the Joker's like was was written, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and especially and like, okay I'm not gonna lie like a lot of this movie did feel like the Dark Knight in some ways and I know we don't want to compare them, but that did that did bother me too especially. Mm. Like with the whole like tracking down a serial killer and then posting videos online, that that bothered me as well. Especially given I I feel like they had kind of the same goal. It's just that the Dark Knight, yeah. Anyways, well, yeah, the, the Dark Knight is Chris is Chris Nolan. So yeah. <clears throat> um, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Oh, I don't. I don't think I was gonna say anything. Oh, okay. Um. Oh. There's this one. There's one other scene that bothered me. Oh, you know, it's two things I want to talk about. One is that. What did you think of Alfred? I thought he was good, but I don't think he had enough time because, like, the scene. When I think back on Alfred in this movie, uh, I love the scene where, like, Bruce Wayne. He wakes up in the morning. He comes down the stairs, and Alfred is doing the crossword puzzle. But it's one of the Riddler's riddles, and he's trying to like help him figure it out. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. But that's like the only Alfred scene I remember, other than later on. Alfred gets like caught in a bomb explosion and goes to the hospital. So it's like, there's not a lot of Alfred in this movie, which sucks. Cause I did really like the one scene I saw him in. I know, but it was really like, he was in the movie for like, maybe he had five minutes of screen time or something. It was actually kind of, and every time he was on screen, I remember Bruce being an asshole to him. Oh like, yeah. He would just say like ran, like he wasn't like a straight up like, but he'd just be like, make shitty remarks to Alfred. Like I do think it's really funny that Bruce Wayne at one point in this movie literally says to Alfred, you're not my dad. 
Yeah, like straight up, like, damn, dude, like that. That okay, like, stuff like that too really makes me think of like hot topic. This is like hot topic, Bruce fans. It's like very kind of edgy for edge sake. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I thought like I thought I love Andy Circus. I just really wish he had more to do. Um, especially in a three-hour movie, like they couldn't have like taken out like some of this like bird rat with wings plotline and like maybe <laughs> given some more time to Alfred. I don't know. It was mm-hmm. that was a little disappointing, um, especially like once he's he, we don't see him at all after like the bombing. Like he's in the hospital and then that's it. I think you see him very briefly because Bruce is like, "Why didn't you tell me about my dad?" And he's like, "I didn't tell you about my your dad because I was trying to protect you or something," which was stupid. <laughs> Yeah, and then that whole, like, uh, we don't see him in the conclusion at all. I would have liked to see maybe him and Alfred, like, maybe hug at the end or something. Something small. I don't yeah. know, but we get nothing. Um, it was much more, Alfred in this movie was much more of a exposition device, I guess, if anything, mm-hmm. um, to tell that Thomas Wayne stuff. So, yeah, I was uh, pretty disappointing. And that kind of leads me to uh, the the whole, the Riddler. I love the scene where Batman actually talks to the Riddler is actually hilarious because, like, there's this whole thing where, where like, the Riddler's talking about Bruce Wayne to Batman, and you can visibly see Batman look, like, really nervous and, like, shaken, like, oh, my God, he knows who I am. And then it goes on for, like, two minutes, and then the Riddler's like, don't you hate Bruce Wayne, Batman, and then Bra- and then and then Batman looks visibly relieved when he says Bruce Wayne and Batman aren't the same person. <laughs> and it's a, so it's like funny in terms of like like Batman's not even hiding how nervous he was there. But then also like how does the Riddler not how how is he this guy's a super genius. You'd think he'd be the one to figure out who is Batman. Mm-hmm. Why is he not figuring out? It's so op- he he literally put the pieces together while talking to Batman. And he's not like like seriously like Bruce Wayne's the only one that survived. <laughs> Like, and like Batman's like really rich, obviously has all these gadgets and stuff. And Bruce Wayne is nowhere to be found. Like, I don't know, dude, it was, that was really, really like stupid in my opinion. He should have just known, especially because like knowing if he knew Bruce Wayne was Batman, I think cause the, it felt like the common theme of this was like the, what brought the Riddler and Batman together was that, or Bruce Wayne together is that they're both orphans that like the, I thought the point of the movie was that, Riddler is what happens to like a mistreated child that doesn't get like any any love from the system and love from any parents or something like that. You contrast that with Bruce Wayne, who also lost his parents, but, like he still had Alfred and he had a lot of resources so he could survive. And I thought that was part of like what the di- that like the the dynamic between the two. And it would have been interesting if the Riddler was mad at the Batman because of he had what the Riddler didn't, even though they were both orphans, right? Mm-hmm. But they never tackle that at all. And it's just kind of all thrown to the side be- after we realize that the Riddler does not know that Batman is Bruce Wayne. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really interesting plot point that could have led to the climax. It made it very personal, but it's thrown to the side and it makes it, for some reason, the theme of the movie changes from from like whatever that was to like, oh, Batman needs to become a figure of hope rather than fear. Mm-hmm. Which kind of it feels like it really comes in in like the last like five minutes of the movie. It's like introduced mm-hmm. in like the first five minutes and then it's brought up in the last five minutes, but like none of the movie in the middle really like 
feeds that theme and it felt like they kept, right. yeah so like i think those are that's what really holds the movie down like on a technical level this movie is amazing it's just like so many parts of this don't work overall um mm-hmm. especially given the length and it's just um yeah anyway yeah. sorry that was like a big rant on my part i just i really didn't like that stuff no i can <laughs> for sure like i i get what you're saying for sure um yeah. yeah i think this movie I don't want to say it's thematically completely all over the place, but it is like a little scattered and it would definitely benefit from being a little tighter than that. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know how much more I have to say about this movie. Mm. Same. I, I think I'm, I let it all out there. <laughs> well, in that case, oh wait, you first. Wait, oh last, yeah, go ahead. I love that scene where he uses the squirrel suit. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. I love how he biffs it so hard, and it's just like <laughs> part of the movie now. Yeah, yeah. It did. Okay, I did like. Okay, I I really did like the vibe of like, it. It almost felt like Bruce was like a child trying to figure things out on mm-hmm. the go. He had no idea what he was doing, which was kind of cool. Um. Yeah. But yeah, he really did biff it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, I guess the last thing I want to say is, I I think I mentioned it earlier, but like Michael Giacchino's score for this is great. I loved Mm. how Batman's theme is just like a funeral dirge and Mm. it's used, it's used really effectively in the movie to be like the most scary it can be. Obviously this is a superhero movie, so very little is going to be like legit scary, but Batman is used to just be like like his his theme is just used to make some scenes just make him super intimidating, which I think is really cool. Um, so that's the last thing I want to say is just like Michael Giacchino did a great job. Uh, dude's been killing it since Up thirteen years ago, and like I hope he stays. I hope he becomes you know as big a name in the industry as Danny Elfman because I think Danny Elfman is like sort of uh, he's he's. He's past his peak, but not like dead or anything. Mm. And I think Michael Giacchino might be just reaching his peak. Well, we'll see. We'll see with Doctor Strange too. What Danny Elfman? Because uh, actually, no, that's kind of cool that you say that because Danny Elfman's replacing Michael Giacchino for the Doctor Strange score. Is he actually? Yeah, because well, Giacchino did the first one, uh, and now Danny oh. Elfman's because it's Sam Raimi, right? So he's doing yeah, the yeah, one, that makes so. sense. That, that's, well, speak- we'll, we'll see who's the better, who the better composer is. Speaking of that, now I won't like end the episode right here, but the next movie we're going to talk about is probably Doctor Strange. Ooh. So yeah. nice little, nice little tease there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, last thought, like what would you, uh, what would you give this movie if you had to slap a number on that bad boy? I think like a 6.5. Okay. I, I, yeah, like what? It's it feels fresh. There's some really cool stuff. I think it did really well for a three hour movie for pacing wise. Even though, like you said, it, it, like I said earlier, it was pretty slow at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, there's just it's it's messy. There's a lot. There's way too much stuff going on. Um, it, it basically gets this high of a score because of like the production design and the world it builds. Um, and some I, I, honestly, the choreography in parts of this was amazing. Mm-hmm. That like that some of these scenes like that one scene where he's he's fighting people in the dark and the only thing lighting and that was in the trailer but the only thing lighting it is like the guns and stuff was really cool. That first scene in the subway was really cool fight wise, but 
Um, yeah, I really hope they can improve on the second movie, but uh, I'm honestly, I wouldn't say I'm excited for the next Batman movie, and I, I don't really have any urge to rewatch this movie at all. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I think, um, so, like, yeah, for me, I'd, I'd, I'd give it, like, a soft seven. I think it's, uh, I think, I don't know that I liked it more than you. I think I probably liked it about the same. Um, I am, I, I am interested to see what else is in this universe, but, like, I'm not excited quite to the point where I'm, like, drop Batman 2 tomorrow, please. Like, I will, pro- I will definitely see this next movie when it comes out. But, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think this world has potential and I hope that, uh, Matt Reeves is able to use that potential in a really cool way. Cause like, I think, um, personally, I think that this is as dark and as gritty as this Batman series should get. Like, the next movie doesn't have to be outright silly. I don't think that would work in this universe, but I think if it tries to go darker and grittier, it will not be very good. Mm-hmm. I think that this is like about where it needs, where it is. And like the, the only thing that I would really hope is, um, and the thing that I would, the thing that I think they should fix the most that would really improve the movie the most in the next one is, I think that the theming should be more consistent. Like, as as you pointed out, the themes of this movie were, like, they sort of switched right at the end. And I think that if this movie, if the next movie can, like, nail what it's about and actually be consistent to that throughout the whole movie, then I think it will be a lot better. Mm-hmm. And also maybe not be three hours long. I didn't hate that this was three hours long, but it is going to be the biggest limiting factor for me ever going back to watch it again. They really, they really do need to learn how to cut some of the Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's the Batman and we'll be back next week for Dr. Strange two. Jeff, what's the last word? Uh, multiverse. <laughs>